Welcome to all the horror podcast. Each episode will feature a spine-tingling, creepy horror story that will keep you awake. Enjoy the story. I recently had a co-worker die suddenly. Her name was Gretchen and she died of a blood clot in her lungs. She was young, just 20, and full of cheer and hope. And it was tragic. It was hard. The funeral took place on a day I didn't work. When I returned to the office the day after the funeral, I walked in to see this huge, beautiful funeral spray of flowers. My co-workers explained. The company's management had sent the funeral spray for Gretchen's family. A basket of plants for each of us at the office. Extremely kind gesture. But somehow the shipments were mixed up. Gretchen's family got the planter, and we were at the office at the huge funeral spray. When I saw this, I was angry. No one at the office had bothered to get it to the services where it was intended. I decided to do something about it. I talked to Gretchen's sister, a friend of mine, to ask her what she would like to do. She told me that her mother would love it if I would take the flowers and place them on Gretchen's grave. I told her I would do it. That I would do it now. I'm a do-gooder in our busy body and I do not like to wait especially when I get a bee in my bonnet. So, if you were to say, what on earth were you thinking walking around the cemetery at 2am? I understand. Yeah, I've done stranger. Oh, and keep in mind that this was two nights before Halloween. Yes, I epitomize common sense. I had naturally been to the gravesite. So, they remain the small issue of how to find the actual grave once at the cemetery. I may be an idiot, but I'm an idiot with the best of intentions. They always have this notion that if I'm going to do something good, if I'm going to go the extra mile, I'll be blessed, helped in my duty, guided as it were. This never ever works out. So, it was decided. After work that day, my shift ended at midnight. I would take the flowers, go to the cemetery, magically find the grave, do my good deed, and sleep the sleep of the righteous. I don't know if you guys know what I mean. Our slash popperns, I absolutely despise that one spring day song that has. When I say funeral spray, these things are big. It filled my entire back seat. I left the office and headed on with my adventure. I had a heck of a time finding the cemetery and an address, but I drove for almost an hour with no luck. I've driven past its hundreds of times without ever knowing it was there. Mainly because it's very small, which is good for my purposes, and very subtle. There was a tiny little sign, but no lights to speak of. I had told myself that if I got there and it was gated or otherwise inaccessible, I would try again the next day. But luckily there was no gate and no locks and drove right in and all the way to the back, parking next to the caretaker's height. Although what this caretaker was taking, I couldn't tell you. More on that later. I wanted to be at least far from the street, because I was pretty sure that good intentions are no. It could easily be at least questioned by the police for Midnight Cemetery-related tomfoolery, and wanted to be, you know, low profile and all that. Here's where I made my first mistake. Okay, some may argue that wasn't actually my first mistake, but whatever. 
I'd like to think that the reason I decided to head out for my search carrying this huge mess of flowers was in case I did get caught by the police. I could go hold up the bouquet and say, see no tomfoolery here. Of course, I actually didn't think that at the time. I was just too stupid to think of leaving the flowers in the car until I found their intended destination, so I hoisted the darn things out of the car and headed out on foot. Let me take a minute here to describe this cemetery. I'd say it was a place for bargain basket burials. I truly believe that the dead would find a more dignified resting place being buried in a natural basement somewhere. I had pictured a place with lush, beautiful lawns where it'd be easy to pick out the newly disturbed earth of a new grave. Not the case. There were weed patches and bald spots everywhere. Do you think people deserve to be buried in actual rows? Not the case here. I think they must measure the corpse, determine the actual horizontal area, and stick it in the highest spot it will fit. Honestly, in some spaces I strongly suspect they had bent the dead into L-shapes or zigzags to make optimal use of the space. Like Tetris, but with carcasses. Oh, and it's flanked on both sides by huge apartment complexes, both of which have open courtyards giving way to the cemetery with swimming pools clearly visible. Imagine it's quite serene to bury a loved one on a hot summer day while surrounded by kids splashing about and people working in their dens. To complete the picture, I need you to know that it was a dark night. Extremely dark. There was no moon. I found out later. I spoke. There was a moon that night. It rose at 4.13 a.m. Should have waited a few hours. And it was very windy. So, there I was, 30-year-old woman. In business. Stumbling around in the dark trying my hardest not to trip over a tombstone carrying a huge flower mess in my hands. The wind was flashing the bouquet all over the place, blowing all the blossoms off, causing the stick things to whip my face. I found two scratches on my neck the next day where the thing tried to grope me. I'm a flash app on my phone, but I have no hands with which to hold it. I'm walking back and forth, digging and zagging through these non-rows, trying to discern patches of poorly maintained lawn from new graves, and I was dying. Not to toot my own trumpet, but I'm easily the most out of shape person. Any of you know? Telling it like it is, it was not pretty. Finally, I stumbled upon a new grave. It had to be. I could still make out the square shapes of sod that laid on it. Now we know when they buried someone before they have the actual tombstone. How they put those aluminum markers up with the person's name on it so that people bringing flowers at 2 a.m. can tell they're leaving them on the right spot. Yeah, they had none of those here. Apparently, they're not covered by this cemetery budget. So, you just lay there completely incognito until you get your actual sound. This was a setback for me. I didn't know who this person was. There was a bouquet that had a ribbon on it. I'll sit down my burden and look closer at the ribbon. Had mother written on it. I knew this wasn't Gretchen for one reason. She never mentioned having any kids. And we talk about everything at work. So obviously not, Gretchen. I kept going. By this time, probably 30 minutes had passed. With me weaving back and forth along a stretch of land, that's probably a city block and a half long, darting back and forth among all the graves. I passed another new grave. But this one was completely bare of any flowers. 
So, imagine it wasn't hers either. Maybe 10 minutes after that came to one third new grave and I lost it. My legs were shaking, my arms were shaking, my back hurt. I couldn't see anything, and I expected to trip and fall at any moment. Sweating and panting and cold. The wind had whipped every blossom off that darn bouquet. And it's probably one-fifth of the way through the cemetery. And the absolute stupidity of my entire plan was hemi hard. Being a good Samaritan is so much more effective when used in combination with a bit of sense. Look down at this third new grave. And so, there was one bouquet of roses on it, but no other marker. And decided then and there that this was where my flowers were going to stay. In my mind I was saying okay, so the wind has blown these flowers everywhere anyway. So, I'm sure that there's got to be at least one blue from an on Gretchen's grave. Even if this one isn't hers. And this person, be it Gretchen or not, is probably a lovely person and surely deserves this stick bundle and carrying. Gretchen, if this isn't you, forgive me. I have the best intentions, but I can go no further. At the same time these thoughts were racing through my mind. I'm not exactly Jimmy. Gretchen. Help me out here. That's when I first saw the glow. There was this glow. Organize. It wasn't an electrical glow. Seems more like candlelight not flickering per SE. Just throwing. Thank you, I had been scanning every inch of the dark, miserable place for 40 minutes. And trust me, I would have seen a glow had there been one. And what was it? Remember how terribly windy it was? Surely no candle could have been burning in that wind, even if there had been someone there with me to light it. There it was, sure as nothing blowing steadily and strongly in the distance. I wish I could say that I was warned, comforted, felt guided, or assisted at this time, but that would have been a lie. I was wetting my pants and I was freaked out. I dumped the damn bouquet on the ground and pulled out my phone to take some pictures, mainly so I'd have some sort of proof for myself that I was seeing when I thought I was seeing. Then I ran, tired legs notwithstanding, leaving the flowers where they were all the way back to my car, even jumping over some headstones along the way. I knocked myself in my car. I'm scared out the window. At the globe. Waiting for it to disappear or move. Or something. It was in my car. Probably 15 minutes debating what to do. All the while that glow was burning steadily outside the window finally decided that no matter what I had to see what it was. I had to go there. I drove my car to where I left the flowers and loaded them back in. Then I drove down a side road to the spot nearest the glow. Got out of my car, just the flowers and headed in the glow's direction the whole time, watching where I was walking and looking down more than up. Every three or four steps and look up at the globe to make sure I was headed in the right direction. I was maybe 10 yards away and glanced up and no glow. I shook my head and squinted my eyes. Nothing. Just complete darkness again. Whatever it was. It was definitely gone. There was nothing to see. By this time, I knew where to go to get where it had been. Sure enough, we came upon a brand new grave. There were a few bunches of flowers on it. One of them was a score bouquet that lay directly on the grave. I put my flowers down. I took out my phone flashlight and looked over at the other bouquet, which had a big, thick silver ribbon running through it. 
on the right side of the ribbon, which I looked at first. Said friend, on the left side. It says, Gretchen. I found her. I spent a minute there. I routed through the flowers that were there and found nothing that could possibly have been growing. I rearranged the flowers that the wind had toppled and added mine to the mix, shoring them up against one another to keep them all from falling again. I sat all the way down on the ground and caught my breath for a bit. I said, well Gretch, you wanted them and here they are. I appreciate the help, although to be fair you could have helped a little sooner. If you know what I mean. I think she did. I got back to my car. My previous panic completely gone. And sat there for a minute. Or 20 minutes, to be exact. Playing a few rounds of Sudoku on my phone. Looking out the window every few minutes to see if there was a glow. There wasn't. No glow. Nothing. Whatever it had been. It was gone. And it didn't look like it would be coming back anytime soon. So that's that. I guess for once, maybe I was guided along the path of good dietary. Although it took a good bit of sweat to get there. I'd like to say I went home and instantly slept the sleep of the righteous. But that would be a lie too. I was up for hours and hours thinking about that glow. I've included the pictures I took labeled Glow 1 and Glow 2. You'll notice I have the flash on in the first one. I didn't realize it was on and it freaked me out. As I was sure it would attract the police. The second one is flash free so you can see the glow as I was seeing it. And I don't really have any means to share photos.